Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 150 to 122 win against the Brooklyn Nets. Riker, the first ever sweep in Toronto Raptors history. History in the making, the Toronto Raptors scored 150 points in this game, just a, a ridiculous number, 100 points from the bench unit just on their own. What a way to just seal the deal on the series against the Brooklyn Nets who really started this era of Toronto Raptors basketball with Kyle Lowry in the in the squad where they ended up getting losing in seven it's really nice how things come full circle and we're able to sweep the Nets in 2020 yeah it's hard to if you weren't following the Raptors progression from the playoffs over the past few years you'd be a little bit baffled as to why there'd be any animosity towards this shell of a Brooklyn Nets team but even though there's no villains per se on this team that really you want to stick it to and win this series, you're right. The history between the Brooklyn Nets and the Toronto Raptors makes this first ever sweep in the playoffs really sweet. And that stat line, 100 bench points, is absolutely absurd. I can't think of another game that I've ever saw that the bench is producing that many points. Like, <laughs> it, it blows my mind, Ben, how talented and how deep this Raptors team is, even though they're not playing against the upper echelon of defenders. We, we all know what the Brooklyn Nets can and can't do, but that it is still it just goes to show how deep this squad has been. Yeah, most definitely. And before we dive into the Raptors stuff and all the topics we're going to cover in this podcast, got to give credit to the Brooklyn Nets. As you mentioned, they, they don't have the strongest squad right now, but obviously they're dealing with injuries, illness, so many players in and well, out of the lineup currently over the course of the season and going into the bubble. So the way they played, they came out, played hard in the series. So you got to give credit where credit's due, particularly to Karis LeVert tonight. 35 points for him, 11 of 23 shooting. Really strong first half particular for him. He really wanted to really send a message at least that the the Nets weren't going down without a fight but as as you brought up the bench when a bench scores a hundred points in the game and the starters do strong as well when injuries aren't taken into account you know this there's no chance anyone's beating a team firing on cylinders like that no no not a chance Ben and we have a very tough series to look forward to. Of course, we're going to do the full breakdown, and that's Celtics-Raptors series. And I don't know if the Raptors would have swept the 76ers, so it's going to be a big challenge. Hopefully, Lowry is able to have this time to rest and recover. But, Ben, we got to talk about this game. There was some big blow. I, I, I don't know what you'd want to call it, a blowout performance. I'm hoping it's uh, you know just a sign of what's to come for the guys off the bench the norms, the Serge Ibaka's, the efficiency in this game was crazy. Yeah, for sure. That's the, You brought up the two guys we got to talk about first, Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka. Norman Powell with 29 points. I believe Matt Devlin said that's a playoff career high. I was kind of surprised to hear that considering the, the playoff outbursts he's, he's had in past seasons, particularly against the Bucks. But 29 points for Norm, 5 rebounds, 5 of 9 shooting from 3, 9 of 14 from the field. And Serge Ibaka... Scored less points, but even more impressive performance, in my opinion, with 27 and 15 rebounds, 12 of 14 from the field, 3 of 3 from the three-point line, and you brought it up. If these guys are given this sort of production off the bench, particularly against the Boston Celtics, who really are a, a five, six-man team, right? They're really top-heavy with uh, Kemba, Brown, and Tatum, right? And the, the rest, they have some solid players, smart, and those guys. But if the Raptors really have the edge in their bench performances or players right now, that's how they stack up. So they have an opportunity to really come into the series and take over. And what a way to just get the momentum going as we enter a tough matchup against Boston. Well, Ben, you 
these guys are legit. They're legit. Mm-hmm. And there's no questioning that anymore. There's been, obviously, it's been all around the map with Norman Powell. And you can say what you want to say about him, but he's finally arrived over a stretch of games where he's consistently looked just his ability to attack the rim, finish above the rim, his ability to shoot, his efficiency from shooting. This guy, he's a starter on probably 20 to 25 NBA teams in the league, and he, we have him coming off the bench. Same can be said for Serge Ibaka. So you can't underestimate the threat that these guys have, and especially if it's a little bit sluggish or a little bit lethargic, which people have their suspicions that Pascal Siakam might not be able to find the rhythm right away against the Boston Celtics. To have these guys come out as reserves and to really have the talent of NBA starters is something special that hopefully they're going to be able to keep that momentum going for the next series. Yeah, and you brought up Norman Powell. He's had a remarkable year this year, but obviously had a bunch of injuries. Obviously, we had a pandemic going on, so usually it takes him a couple games to sort of get back into the fold, but now he really looks back into the fold, and he just really ate up against this Brooklyn Nets team in this playoffs, Except with exception of the first game. The past three games, he's just been a monster, and... The issue with Norman Powell has been sometimes his finishing around the rim and then he loses his confidence a bit in his jumper and we all know how that's gone with Norman Powell over the past few years but now he's just dunking everything when he's when he has the opportunity down the lane. He had about three or four dunks in this one over some bodies, had that nasty one over Karut in the last game so it, it's nice to see Norm being assertive on those finishes and Sergi Baca consistently knocking down his jumpers you know we all know he can finish those post hooks and be a be a menace down low for for teams particularly like the Celtics without a big real big man to lock anyone up Tice is all right but Serge Ibaka being able to stretch the floor three of three from three-point line tonight those are going to be huge pluses going into that series yeah and the the thing is Ben are we going to be playing like how how much time are we going to be playing our reserves you know, is it going to come down to a seven-man rotation? Can we rely on Ibaka and Norman Powell being the only guys coming off? Or are we going to need to stretch into the Terrence Davises and the Chris Boucher's like we mentioned as well? Because if we're looking at a game like tonight and we're getting 50 to 60 points combined from Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell and the defense is still tight from all of our starters, that's, to me, that's sufficient to beat the Celtics. You, yep. you don't necessarily need to go into the deeper bench, but... You know, I don't know if we can rely on Norm and Serge to shoot as efficient every single game. So th- this, to me, I'm like I said, I'm hoping that they're able to continue that momentum. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, if the, they'll maybe the productivity will come down a little bit. But either way, it's super promising. Well, obviously, we had Lowry and Fred. Fred had uh, foul trouble really early in this game, and Kyle Lowry ended up getting hurt, and we'll talk about that later. But Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis came into this game and played really, had really strong performances, particularly TD, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 8 from the 3-point line, but was really creating, running the show for the this Toronto Raptors roster, and just showed a level of calmness. He's been really good in these playoffs. He struggled in the the seeding games in the bubble, but in the playoffs, he's been just an absolute beast off the Toronto Raptors bench. I I wouldn't mind seeing him be sort of that eighth guy. Boucher hasn't really gotten a a good stretch of run as an opportunity in meaningful minutes, so we'll see what happens there. And Matt Thomas had 
a couple because he he never gets open. Teams stick to him like glue, and he's running around the court, and everyone knows that they got to have a hand up, and he doesn't have the sort of height like a JJ Redick or a Ray Allen to shoot over people. So he he has a hard time getting open at times, but he's shown off a little dribble pull up in this game, particularly hitting a couple bank shots, and then the defense has to really look out for the, those moves off the dribble. Got a few open threes. I don't know. I don't mind having those guys testing them out against Boston. I think they've shown enough in the series to say, let's give them the chance in these meaningful games where every minute matters against the Celtics. Well, the thing is, defense will be crucially important because Boston loves to play small. And if you've been watching any of the games that they've played now in their series, they just closed up against the 76ers. They run a lot of post-ups for Tatum. They're three-headed dragon of Tatum. Brown and Kemba Walker, they're very capable of doing a lot of things on offense, If they're whether they're running high picks or if they're trying to throw the ball down low for the guards. They they really switch it up and because I, th- I would say their shortcoming on offense is their bigs don't have a lot of talent on their own. They're not very skillful to create their own baskets. So what's nice, and I, I would agree we could give Matt Thomas run, we could give Chris Boucher run, but at least Terrence Davis, he fits the mold of a guy that can keep up defensively with those guys. And that's what the rest of the Raptors' entire team can do. We don't have any skinny you know, scorers like the, the Lou Williams type. Every hmm. single guy out there is very athletic, very strong, and able to keep up because, like I said, there's a lot of talent on that Boston Celtics team from their wing players that are still able to go inside, finish in the lane, and you need big, strong defenders to keep up with that. So I think Terrence Davis, he really fits the mold if we're going to look at an eighth player. But we talk about who's going to slide into the that eighth position a lot, and it seems our opinion changes every game. <laughs> no, that's true, and... Honestly, the way they're performing, it kind of has to, because we're, you know, you have to really, small sample size in terms of bubble performances, players have been drastically different from the regular season across the NBA, in some cases, particularly with bench players, so we'll see what happens, but let's dive into the starters a little bit, Riker, because Pascal Siakam, again, you look at the box score and you say, not maybe not the greatest efficiency, 1 of 7 from 3, 9 of 22 from the field, but looked to be in attack mode in this game, really... Seemed as if he was playing like OG Siakam, getting the posts, getting finishes around the rim. You'd like to see a few more of those threes go down. But the thing that impressed me most, Stryker, and showed up, this showed up in the box score, 10 assists. But he was driving in, taking in that second and third defender, and getting open looks for the rest of the team. And everyone else was knocking them down. And you see that led to 10 assists for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, and you, I criticize his three-point taking. You always counter with he needs to take threes because... If not, they're going to sag off, and that just eliminates his ability to take somebody off the dribble, or it makes it a lot more difficult. So I'd agree with that, but then, of course, the final step in making a complete player is when he draws the attention, which is he's the number one guy. Everybody's saying he needs to start scoring like the number one guy, but, of course, every team that we face now in the bubble, they're treating him like the number one guy on defense. Those doubles are coming quick. They're coming early, and if he can make the right pass... Get those those perimeter guys that are open, and the Raptors are making their shots. We're one of the better three point shooting teams in the league. Then that that is the perfect recipe, Ben. So it is really good to see him get those assists and looking like Luka Doncic out there. <laughs> I don't know if he's looking like Luka because Luka Luka's looking like a, a baby goat out there in that that game. Maybe the end of the podcast we can dive into a bit more of that step back, specifically over Kawhi Leonard, which I I love to see the Clippers lose. You know, I'm not a hater on Kawhi or any of those players, but the Clippers franchise I I am a hater of. So I I'm really 
happy to see Luca take them even up that series. But there, there's a couple starters we can talk about too before we swing in the segments. Marcus Sull, nine points, five assists, four rebounds. He came out in this game really assertive, trying to you know get his game going a little bit early, and then obviously only played 21 minutes. This game was out of hand by second, third quarter, so we didn't see much of Mark the rest of the way. Uh, OG had 10 points, seven rebounds, good defense. Turned over the ball a little bit with his drives. Wouldn't mind seeing that hand. The handle's been looking clean, but this game did not look that good. So I don't know. Fred VanVleet also had foul trouble, nine points. So the starters. We didn't really need them to really go off when you have your bench scoring 100 points in a game. Well, you could, if the bench or if the starter scored zero points, it would still be a relatively close game. So that's it's something, Ben. It's something. Yeah, it was a it was a wild performance. So we're, we're going to swing into the segments tonight. The spicy P lay of the day. There was a bunch of bunch of choices, bunch of selections we could have for this one. Terrence Davis came down and had a mean poster, I believe, it was in the first quarter. That was I, I'm not sure what player was over on the Nets. Maybe maybe Karut. Uh, I, I'm not sure the the player, but I think I think it was Karut because I saw some tweets kind of roasting him. OG Ananobi had another little spin dunk in this game. Norman Powell's we brought up had three or four just nasty jams. Do you have anything else in mind other than those crazy dunks, Riker? Man, when there's multiple crazy dunks, you can just leave it at that. You can just give it to every one of those. And I don't know if we're going to see as many crazy dunks now in this upcoming series. So let's just savor them while they last. Yeah, most definitely. But not all plays can be the spicy pilay of the day. And some just make you say, oh, geez. And Riker, we've had another half-court-ish. I think this was closer in. Buzzer beater shot. Terrence Davis banked one in running up the court. So... You know, you ever you get a half court buzzer beater or you know long shot to to close out a quarter definitely makes me say OGs oh, watching the game. That's the OGs. Is that, Lowry's injury coming uh, up next? That's or? that's a that's a upcoming segment. All right, go for it. <laughs> that's yeah. We'll swing into that. You know, the the bench guys had some had some moments in this game too. Maddie Thomas's bankers, lots of bank shots in this game. But finally, the infamous, the one, the only, Damari Carroll Gold Star Award and. It's got to go to, what is it, Chiwaza? I I've said I'd learn this by the end of the series. Chioza, the, Chioza. 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 He came down, sort of stuck his foot under Lowry as he's going up. I don't know if it was intentional, but Lowry ended up rolling his left ankle, coming down at a really fast pace. Went out, tried to stay in the game for a little little stretch, but clearly was in some extreme discomfort. Got taken out the possession immediately after, took a foul, but... The, he went back to the locker room, maybe some news is out since we've been recording this podcast, but went back to the locker room, they said he might return, and then the Raptors started getting a little lead going, and then it said, no, he's definitely not going to return, so I'm not sure if that was just further tests, or if that was the Raptors just saying, ah, we're, we don't even need him, regardless, I don't know, but that's a huge blow for the Toronto Raptors if we have to go up against the Celtics without the Raptors' goat, really, in, in the playoffs, and just in general. Yeah, of course, and... You can look at the Boston Celtics as well with Gordon Hayward going down. I believe he'll be out for most of the series against the Raptors, if not the whole playoffs now. And they arguably, statistically, sometimes play better without Gordon Hayward in that starting unit. But if you look at the Toronto Raptors, there's no two ways around it. They are a better team with Lowry present. And it's his leadership. It's his clutch three-point shooting. So it'll be a, a much 
greater feat for the for the Raptors to beat the Celtics in this next round if they don't have the star guy on the team. He's you know he's not the number one technically. We could say it's Pascal Siakam or Fred VanVleet, but we all know who the real leader of the Raptors squad is, who the real face of the franchise is. It's that man Kyle Lowry and. If the series go a little bit longer in the first round, some of the ones that are a bit closer, I think the Raptors are looking to uh, up to eight games of rest, and and hopefully that's enough. Oh, really? So the the second round doesn't start till the all the games in the first round are going. I wasn't sure what what's sort of the deal with that. That's what I heard on the uh, the stream. They said up to it would be a maximum of eight days rest, but I guess it depends on some of the other games. Okay. Okay, that's that's interesting. I wasn't sure if because the Celtics are done, the NBA is just going to throw them right back into the fire. But that's yeah, it's a, it's a huge blow to lose Kyle Lowry. And Hayward's a great player. Hayward's had a remarkable sort of bounce back season for the Boston Celtics, and it's unfortunate that he's gone down with injury too. Because obviously we've we've wanting been wanting to play the Celtics for a long time to see that rivalry, and you want to see both teams at full strength. But if if you had to sort of wage Kyle Lowry's value to the Toronto Raptors and Gordon Hayward's to the Celtics, it's not even close. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's just leadership, his ability to be a bulldog, particularly on the defensive end, to just change games, keep the energy going, and keep the Raptors playing at that fast pace that really just energizes the roster, right? It's, it's, we, we're going to need Kyle Lowry to really go make a deep push into this playoff. So we're hoping he's all right, you know, the, but, I guess one encouraging thing, if he does go down from this game, we saw Fred Van Vliet and the Norman Powell backcourt did look really fire just because of their, because especially when Norm's firing on a cylinders like this, that's a better shooting backcourt than Kyle Lowry's there. They might be a little bit more crafty at driving when Kyle Lowry's, because he, he at times settles for a lot of threes. So I don't know if it'll be a horrible situation, but definitely the Raptors are much better off with Lowry in the lineup. Yeah, and you can make the argument that Norm plays well with Fred Van Vliet, but he is definitely better coming off of the bench and still getting higher minutes. So I, I, I think it's it would serve the Raptors worse if they had to force him into that starting lineup. But we'll see. We'll know when the time comes, Ben. And neither of us are extremely worried. I think it'll be a very well-fought, fun series. And there's two of the top defensive teams. I think it's two and four, respectively, Raptors and Celtics. You know, Two of the best offenses in the league. It, it, it'll be really fun, regardless of who is able to suit up. Yeah, no, we're going to have a full breakdown video onto that. You know, we'll have a post on the Instagram, all the schedules, all the news that we have coming up. So definitely stay tuned to the Raptors Digest for more Raptors news. But we sort of talked about this earlier, Riker, and I think both of us wanted a little chime in. Luka Doncic, man. What, what, what was <laughs> that game before this one? <laughs> Well, there's something to be said. You know, there is something to be said. This guy, he's getting frustrated. He's getting teed up every single game. <laughs> Christoph's Porzingis goes down. They're widely considered statistically one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. The Clippers are widely considered the number one contender for the championship in the NBA with two of the best wing defenders ever in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And yet Luka Doncic goes out there, not athletic, just seamlessly putting up 43, what was it, like 17 and 10 or something crazy, and a step back three. Like, Ben, what? Is this guy going to be the greatest of all time? I, 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 It seems like yes. Like, obviously, it's way too early to tell. He's he's my age, right? This guy's only 21 right now playing, playing in these basketball games. So we don't really know what's going to happen with his career, particularly with injuries and stuff. But... People can't write him off. Like, 
this could potentially be a GOAT career for Luka Doncic. That's a, that step back three is one of those moments they're going to play in 40 years, and that's going to be an iconic shot, specifically if the late, the Dallas Mavericks do end up upsetting the Clippers. And imagine they make a deep playoff run. No one expected this team to be in the playoffs this season, and the emergence of obviously Kristaps. Kristaps Porzingis didn't even play in this in this game, and Luka was able to do all of that. You know, playoff, he did have the aid of playoff P showing up, pandemic P. Really, uh, having a monstrous nine points per game, you know. So Luca was aided in that that point, but he just comes back, comes down at you with teams guarding you, double teaming you. I don't know. It's it's a remarkable watching this man sort of perform on the court. Well, it was a thirty point swing. They were down by twenty one, and they they clawed back. They got a ten plus point lead, and of course, it went to overtime. And they were pretty close. Like, they were close enough they came back to in the last game. Arguably, they could have won game one. So this game, if they had to also have Chris Tops, it would have been probably a much greater win before even overtime. The, the, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they can win this series. I also would not be disappointed as a Mavs fan if they lose. Because you got to be thinking, wow, the, the future is pretty good for this team. Like, yeah. they're looking pretty clean. And they're kind of deep, too. Seth Curry played a remarkable game. Tim Hardaway Jr. The the Knicks traded Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. Three of those guys are having a beastly playoffs Dude, right Trey now. Bur- no, they they signed Trey Burke in uh, June or July. Yeah, they, they signed him, but the, he was also in that net steal. They ended up waving him, and he bounced around to a couple teams. But then he made his oh, way gee. back to the Mavericks. But those wow. are the three guys they traded in that deal for Dennis Smith Jr., that that was Jeez. the trade. Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke for Dennis Smith Jr. and a couple first round picks. I don't know. That's 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 embarrassing. That's honestly, gotta hurt as a Knicks fan. And then for them to get the eighth pick, <laughs> oh, you'd almost rather get the twentieth pick because it seems like the the twentieth picks in in the draft are are always the ones that end up being like the the perennial OG. players. But yeah. exactly. But, man, Luka Doncic, he's just on another level. And if you watch him, it's a little bit baffling because he can do things that don't make sense. Like, they don't make sense in today's NBA. He's not fast, but he gets around everybody so easily. Like, it, and it's his defense wild. isn't bad either. Like, he's not he's not a liability yeah. down there. He had some nice blocks, nice deflections and stuff. He's He has that IQ of, on the defensive end to really just know his place. Obviously, if he was more athletic, like, like a Paul George or a Kawhi or something, he'd be even more remarkable. But... The fact that he's not a liability down there and he's putting up legendary offensive numbers, I don't know. It's it's remarkable to see. But that's our that's our little take as the the Dallas Mavericks digest. You're the best for making it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, do you have any last words? <laughs> that's it, Ben. Cheers. <laughs>